So I recently moved into a middle America time zone and I've discovered that I think living in a time zone that is not East Coast or Pacific is like being in a non-canon Marvel timeline. Like, because everything is very, very much the same, except all of, like, everything is just off. So, are we talking, like... Like, Earth 616 to Earth, like, 65 sort of deal. Okay, okay. So, every, like, every alternate universe could perhaps be taking place in mountain time is what you're saying yes <laughs> okay okay that's very fair i for one believe that mountain time is the most cursed time zone so that tracks i mean it's not cursed it's like just weird i mean that's kind of the same thing like yeah. a cur a curse doesn't have to be bad, Reed. You can all you can live with a curse. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. You're not wrong, I guess. That just sounds like a rom com tagline. <laughs> you can live with Living a curse. Living with a curse doesn't have to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is my lifetime that's, channel yeah, that's, Halloween movie. Or, or like Teen Wolf. I actually rewatched a Teen Wolf episode like two days ago. Like the MTV series Teen Wolf? Yeah, like the MTV series Teen Wolf. Well, that's okay. Tyler Hoechlin is like everywhere now. So. Yeah, apparently he's the best Superman. I believe that's it. That's what I'm told anyway. And he's voicing Sephiroth in the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Is that a good thing for Final Fantasy fans or a bad thing? I think, I think it's good, personally. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think that, um, the same... Okay, here's here's your here's your scale of from good to whatever you want to call it. So the last time Sephiroth had a voice, which was probably in Kingdom Hearts, he was... Wait, so there are Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts? Welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast all about teen superhero teams and why we love them. My name is Charlie, and I use they-them pronouns. I'm Mikey, and I use he-him pronouns. And I'm Reed, I use they-them pronouns. And this is an episode number I... I'm usually a big stickler about my episode numbers, but... Don't, don't worry about it. It's been a while! This is a sad bonus episode for you all, yeah. because we are bad at podcasting. Yes. But good at moving? We've been moving. There's been a lot of moving. I met Charlie in the flesh zone. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reed moved across the country. Um, yep. In doing so, met me before I caught the plague. Um, and uh, it was a very good experience. I wish it had been longer. Um, but in any case, everyone, I'm very sorry that we're bad at podcasting. Yeah. And then I have to help someone move next weekend. So 
you know, it just keeps going. The moving doesn't stop. Can't stop moving. You just start moving. And you just start you moving don't. and you don't you don't actually stop. Nope. And then like two of our friends from our masks game have moved recently. I don't want to out who because I don't know how public they've been about it, but it, there's been a lot of moving happening in my mm -hmm. life. Yep. Uh, the good news is that my couch that was lost in transit is now in a town that's like six hours away, so I might okay. get a couch soon. Well, that is that's a, a that's a great good news. thing. Yep. Great news. Uh, so why are we here today, y'all? What are we talking about? Because I think we might need to... The same reason we're here every day, Pinky. <laughs> you know what? We just have to take this. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just trying to move the episode along. And, <laughs> and this is what we get. Okay, we're going to pause. I mean, to yeah. be fair, your whole Earth move today because you learn that there are <laughs> Disney characters and Final Fan and Fan of Fantasy characters both in Kingdom Hearts. I feel like that is a very fair thing to not know because listen. So, so speaking of um Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts and stuff, um so recently I did a Kingdom Hearts tabletop role playing game actual play with some friends as a uh, um god i haven't been podcasting since safe point was over so um waypoint safe point 2019 happened for trans lifeline we raised over two hundred thousand dollars i think for trans lifeline i forget what the final thing was um but as part of that my friend agreed to do a yuri on ice kingdom hearts tabletop mashup um using my friend riley's game interstitial which is super super good and i was steve rogers but on ice skates you know like you do yeah bucky barnes is nobody showed up fucking kingdom ass fucking hearts bullshit <laughs> yeah it was, it was good he was he showed up and he was in a mech <laughs> because one of the characters was from gundam so of <laughs> nah, course they nah, were mechs nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of on topic because is it it is i can't wait to hear the segue it's gonna be <laughs> it's it's about as as non-convoluted as kingdom hearts itself lore is um but no so like that was really i'm really excited for folks to hear that once it gets edited it was five and a half hours of actual play experience mikey's and, like, trying to say mikey's trying to segue into into this and i'm gonna help him so the last time you heard the podcast we were discussing wolverine and the x-men but we figured wanted to maybe take a second to like re-dip our toes back into like the episode format because you've been away for a while so what we're trying to bring to you today content wise is a little feature i like to call gay feelings I don't know if that's a good that's a good uh, cut to the geeling the gay feeling <laughs> <laughs> yes yes the, the great the great that's new the song title right there cut the drilling <laughs> the geeling galing yes cut to the galing <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a uh, Hulk, hulkling's alternate <laughs> code name <laughs> 
Anyway, we're going to talk to you about some characters today, um, and kind of how, I guess, Reed and I briefly kind of discussed it, how, um, they've kind of influenced us, like, in, in regards to, like, our identities and, like, our queerness and things like that. Because it's um, so pride, adopted- so let's talk pride, about yeah. our gaylings. Our gaylings. Geelings. That just makes me think of small geese. <laughs> Geelings? Ge- I mean, yeah, I don't know. You can think about it like that if you want. Geeslings, goslings, geelings, you know. Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling? <laughs> Ryan Gosling? <laughs> yes. Yes. They're all words for a small bird. <laughs> or actor. Imagine if Ryan Gosling was just a baby geese. <laughs> baby goose. <laughs> Baby goose. Baby goose. Everything in the world is the same. Except for it's that. It's just that he's a baby goose. I oh, mean- the internet has us on this one. <laughs> <laughs> there is fan art of Ryan Gosling. No, baby no, no, goose. no, no, no. Not like that. Not some abomination. He's just a goose. <laughs> <laughs> Not this abomination. Just some, go- just an actual goose. Just a goose. <laughs> No, my no. kid's bad. No, just a goose. <laughs> just a okay. baby goose. Just Reed sitting in a chair somewhere saying, no, just a goose. <laughs> oh, okay, we have to anyway, get back. Anyway, we're going to bring you some good content. And we're kind of going to have a, a little bit of a uh, informal conversation today. Well, we're going to bring you some content. Yeah. I can't no, speak it's good to content. its quality. It's good content. No one we're said. No it. one gave us an adjective. It was just content with a capital C. All right, I'm saying it's good content. You guys can think about it however you well, want. Well, my, con- I mean, your content is going to be good content. Mine coming from my mouth, questionable at best. I feel like. Okay. Well, which one of y'all want to go first? Because it ain't me. Oh, uh, I'll go first. All right. So read. Why don't you let us know who you picked and why? I picked Logan Wolverine. That's his name. It's just Logan. it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, Logan is like the, to me, the penultimate trans mask character. He's short, he's grumpy, he's hairy, and doesn't like to talk about his past. Um and has like name problems, which is also a big deal TM. Uh and I think what I what I kind of love actually about uh reading Logan as a transmasculine character is that his entire sort of story is built on not only retcons, but like this undercurrent of unreality and like nothing maybe being real. And so, you know, it could be an actual canon reading to just be like, no, Logan, this trans mask, that's that's it. It's just that we don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's pretty fucking cool to me. I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good place. That's a good place to yeah. start. And it's kind of the beauty of comics, too, and like fan fiction especially is you know there's so many retcons and canon is so fluid just in general that finding those gaps and 
saying like, hey, here's where those gaps lie. And this is, you know, like this is as valid as any other reading is like a big thing, I think, to me, at least. Others might feel differently, of course, but I feel but like this if is you... our podcast. Yeah, yeah. And and in any case, I feel like as always with media you consume, if you can like if you can find that thing that thing in the text or in the, you know, movie or TV show like that speaks to you and you want to pull that out and like grab a hold of it, then it's it, it exists. It's not like you it's not a fabrication you're making up. Um so Canon is Plato and your imagination is your playground. Oh, there you go, Mikey. Sometimes you eat the Play-Doh. It happens. <laughs> we all do it. Is that why it we smells understand. so good but tastes so bad? Like Canon lulls you in, but then you actually go to <laughs> enjoy it. And, and you don't actually don't enjoy it consuming you know, this, it. <laughs> this metaphor ended up being way more accurate than I even anticipated. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, I think um I think canon is just the background to a lot of things. It's always like good to pull that thing and it kind of gives you like the loose bones and construction about how you want to interpret characters and how you want to interpret events and things like that. And it's always good to kind of have that structure to like pull from because it like helps you like construct like better things in my opinion i've been in this this fandom game a long time and it's like i never don't get excited for like new canon material and i think sometimes to the detriment of i don't know how i want to say this sometimes to the point where it's like really exciting to see new stuff in in canon but i'm kind of only really excited for it because i know that i'll be able to like fold that into my to my knowledge and to into into my structure of how i think things should be and like how yeah. i perceive things and write things so it only gives me like a richer like canvas to to come and take things from and it's not that those stories in canon don't have merit because if they're good they do but like if you liked it and it mattered to you, then it mattered. If you didn't like it, then it doesn't. That's kind of how you have to roll with these things. Well, like you and I, were, Charlie, were talking over this past week about Kingdom Hearts 3 and about how in a lot of ways for you, like your Kingdom Hearts 3 was the fanfic that you read along the way. And like yeah, the, yeah. in the end, at the end of the day, like that game wasn't for you just because like you'd already had these other experiences. And I know, like, um, there was something, um, No Clip did a documentary about the video game series Half-Life, um, which is infamous for never finishing off either its episode or the whole planned trilogy. Like, the third games just never came out, um, for various reasons. But I know a lot of the people in that, that thing that they interviewed, especially developers that did a game jam where people made their Half-Life 3. It's like, in a lot of ways, like Half-Life 3 coming out now would just be not as good because like everyone else got to make the Half-Life 3 that was like the most personal to them or the parts that they cared about. And I feel like 
fanfic and and like personal canons and how we read canon is kind of the same way yeah i mean i feel like that's i feel like it's um at least in my experience it's it's easier to have that experience with something like comics because comics like more or less you can always guarantee that your character or your like team or your plot is going to come back around whereas like just to come back to something that we were talking about before we started recording um we were talking about teen wolf and like when teen wolf when the canon failed teen wolf like i stopped watching and so then my interest in it waned and like I couldn't keep engaging with fan material because it was now at the point where like the characters that I cared about were either dead or just gone. And like people stopped writing for those characters because they didn't know them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, but like comics, this is really, really beautiful and neat thing where like, you know, you can have this one character that appears or hell, even just like Cyclops, like he was dead for a really long time and now he's back. And so everyone is like talking and thinking about Cyclops again. And it's like, yeah, cool. I can talk about my character again or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like these things cycle. These things cycle out. To like. A weirdly ridiculous degree. Yeah, in, uh, in comics, especially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when characters like come back to prominence or like are have been dead for a while and then they then they just come back like it seems like everything gets like to be focused on on them in the moment um and there are all there always will be there will always be the characters that everybody always comes back to and especially like um, like the main roster of the X Men, and yeah, that was like a that. bad example, but like it was like no, I, I I knew what you were saying. I knew absolutely what you were saying, Reed. It, it's like sometimes I sit and I think, um, I think to myself, man, what is it like to really, really love a, like a main character that like is always around? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Charlie. I'm so sorry. No, I was you gonna were say I was me. gonna say Shatterstar, but I wasn't. I forgot how long the gap between like when Shatterstar appeared and when the solo came out. It a while. Yeah, I mean, longtime listeners are familiar with that whole saga. So, but even yeah. like even characters that you would think of the mainstream, the Fantastic Four have kind of been out of it for a while, and now we're maybe getting something new again. Dan Slott's writing an ongoing Fantastic Four right now. Yeah. Yeah. For a while there wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's 2015 Secret Wars was the end of the Fantastic Four story as it was at that point. Mm-hmm. And they were gone from 2015 to 2019. You know, I just yeah, like to forget everything about from like 2015 in comics to about now sometimes. <laughs> like I forget that Secret Wars wasn't the last big event. <laughs> yeah. I mean, valid i mean uh, it kind of messed things up yeah that might be the understatement of <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i'm just gonna put it lightly it kind of messed things up but you see the prominence of like in comics especially like the avengers like we can't stop seeing those characters all the time 
even in video James. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Geez. Oh boy, you had to bring that. that Sorry, I keep having nightmares about that those those characters. That's concepts. fair. Oh. That's fair. Um for all y'all that don't know, which I don't know how you don't. I mean, if you're not if you don't follow video games super closely. Then God bless you. <laughs> you don't want to skip this part of the episode. Yeah, E3 was last week. There were some cool things that happened at E3, and there were some uncool things that happened at E3. On the list of uncool things that happened at E3 was all the character models from Square Enix's Avengers game. Square Enix closing their conference with this new Avengers game preview. And then the guy heckling in the crowd going, Where's Hawkeye? Bring us Hawkeye! Oh boy. is bad. Put soapbox to get on. Maybe they didn't have Hawkeye because there was no way to make Jeremy Renner's face worse. <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, you're right, and you should say it. Oh, wow. Wow. Anyway, th- yeah, the adventures are everywhere, and I'm frankly sick of it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. I'm not sorry you said it. <laughs> you know what makes that all okay for me? They can never take my Steve Rogers of my heart from me. D- did you mean to rhyme that? No. It just kind of <laughs> came out that it, way. It just kind of came out. It That's right. Beautiful. The only Avengers that live are the Avengers that live in our Earth 218 game. It's true. Yeah. Those are the only Avengers that matter. It's very true. And also my Sims game. <laughs> <laughs> the actual the real avengers they all live inside mikey's sim game yeah. <laughs> that's why they couldn't use that's why they couldn't use the character models for the avengers square enix game they're all in the same <laughs> yeah they just came out with some weird au of like mikey's sim game <laughs> but mikey die. that does lead us into that does lead me into asking you about your character of choice here in this situation, because I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw that one over to you. Gosh, like that's a loaded question. I guess if I had to pick one character, it would probably be okay. For so long and so much of my life, it was Hulkling Teddy Altman, but now it's starting to be Captain America. But specifically, my version of Captain America, which is taking all the best bits including some of the MCU, and throwing all the rest away. Hulkling for a lot of reasons. Like, he's a shapeshifter, he's queer, he has a boyfriend, um, and, like, they're nerdy together, and we see that, like, seeing that whole interaction was just so fulfilling. Like, feeling, having complicated dad feelings, and feeling not quite right with like your identity and your sense of self and not only about that but like as we've talked about i think before on this podcast like alan heinberg had originally intended for teddy to be a woman that shifts into the shape of a man for um their secret identity which that was actually the backup plan for oh if they won't let me just write a gay character but in a lot of ways like you can also read that apocryphal thoughts as like you know proof positive of trans characters um so yeah there's just there's a lot going on with teddy 
I'm going to come out with some some very, very scandalous information here. As someone who has never read Young Avengers, I, for a very long time, assumed that Hulkling was some sort of Bruce Banner adjacent thing. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Let's let's throw it down. Let's let's swing it back. So Reed has to listen to the young ep- to episode, me. first episode of the young ones, or any of the subsequent episodes thereafter, and that's okay <laughs> because we we love Reed, and uh, I won't shame them any further. Reading or listening to the backlog of canon does not make you any more or less valid as a fan of a fan. Agree, uh, whether of comics or the young ones. Yep. You could just be like me and lob onto a podcast that you did not listen to. That's okay. Um, So the Young Avengers, like, became, like, superheroes in the place of the Avengers who had at that point disbanded, like, they were disassembled. I've read the Hawkeye-related issues of that that are put in the back of Matt Fraction's, like, collected Hawkeye. So... So basically, like, all of them just picked an Avenger that they wanted to be like, whether or not their powers actually matched up. Oh, okay. Correct. That's very so, cute. That's very cute. Billy's, uh, Billy was really not Wiccan originally. Billy was Asgardian. And then someone pointed out that a gay man character being named Asgardian probably would not be good for PR, which I still think is one of the cutest, like, meta jokes about canon and fandom. But in any case, no, Teddy is a Captain Marvel's son. Okay. Yeah, he he's an alien prince in two ways, basically, and has both Kree powers and scroll powers. Yes, that's why he can shapeshift. Is there any, like, like why did he just choose Hulk to style himself after because of the shapeshifting? Or was there any sort of, like... Basically? Yeah. I love him and he's valid, but, like... <laughs> Y'all gotta send me the Rex where someone gets into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there there, has been, like, some confusion and, like, he's had to explain himself in the comics. People are like, wait, aren't you supposed to be angry? And he's like, well, you see, um, which is always kind of funny. It, I don't even think he chose it for himself. I think it was, like, a collective decision. Like, well, it's obvious who the rest of us should be. You can get big, so just be a Hulk-like person. <laughs> They're teenagers, Reed. Yeah. They're teen superheroes, and this is why we love them. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I love, exactly. I, I would die for Teddy Altman. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so that's his deal. I, like, blew someone's mind talking about my, like, trans Captain America headcanon, a.k.a. canon. They're like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense when you think about, like, the Vita Ray as it it brings, like... Big HRT. Yeah, yeah. Which is why in in our Masks game, my cap is not 6'2", he's 5'8", because he started as, like, 5'1", I think, in the comics? Maybe 5'4", no, no taller than 5'4", when he was little Steve in the comics, at least. And I was like, I don't like the fact that he grew almost a whole other foot. That's, like, not relatable to me in any way, shape, or form. So he's just going to be, like, short. Er. Not as short as Wolverine, but <laughs> nope, No short. one is as short as Wolverine. Correct. It, it's also, like, 
it, when he's written well, like uh, the best of Steve Rogers to me is someone that doesn't buy into American imperialism and someone that doesn't like he started as an artist. He worked for the WPA. You know, he's not someone that buys into that wholesale. And, you know, it's canon that when things go south, like he doesn't like he just stops being cap. Like he throws off that mantle if he if it's not something that he believes in anymore. And most of the time he doesn't go off and be a vigilante like otherwise he like, oh, I'm going to fight and get to the root of the problem and try to fix things, even if I can't do that. Like, even if I have to go outside the system to do that in terms of like, you know, not having America's backing or whatever, like that is as complicated and fraught a thing for Steve as it is for like the rest a lot of, of people us. Yeah. 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 So it like when he's well written and in in a lot of his canon, like that is not something he buys into. So when I get like really patriotic Steve, like that's not who Steve is. Like he's the well you move speech, right? Like that is my Steve Rogers. And in that, like he's at his best, like like an example of non-toxic masculinity and of like fatherhood and mentorship in a way that I that like really resonates with me as someone that like moderates a lot of communities who like I you know put my I think it's really important and I put a lot of my energy into doing that because I think like creating spaces and creating teams and stuff like that is important and like you know that's that's the energy that I seek to emulate at at its best so like it it hurts me to see not that happening with comics at least I can, you know, throw it away in the trash and ignore it. But him just being like cop in that um, Avengers uh, video game was like, oof, oof. Like, that's not my Captain America at all. And I saying that even is like a really fraught thing. But it's like, that is just not who I see in that uniform at all. And like, not a uniform that I would ever want Captain America to be wearing. So, yeah. That's my feels. What I want to know is why does he need all those pads if he's got super strength? Yeah, that's... It's well, because so he's got fragile cop feelings and the pads are for his fragile oh. cop feelings. Oh, jeez. <sighs> Square, Enix. Crystal Stop. Dynamics. Do we know, it's actually, it's Crystal Dynamics. It's probably not so much. Square. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're a subsidiary, which is funny because they're... They have a track record of redesigning things in good ways, but this is just bad. So I don't know who who did the concept art for that. They're trying so hard to establish a look that's separate from the MCU. But like the reason the MCU works so well, even with the costume design, is because they're trying to take the best of the comics and like reincorporate it in a way that makes sense. And this is just like all of the costumes are so over-designed and yet so generic at the same time, it's ridiculous. They look like, you know, when you go and buy your discount dollar store superheroes? Yeah. Yeah. They look yeah. like a Party City Halloween costume yeah. version? Yeah. You know when you want Dr. Pepper, but you go to the store and all they have is Dr. Thunder? That's it. Yeah. So, actually, one thing I did find when I did... Uh, my own redesign of Cap's uniform for our masks game 
is there aren't a lot of good cap redesigns out there, period. Like, for some no. reason, people really struggle with his costume, which makes the, like, MCU designs all the more brilliant. Because, like, some of them, even Project Rooftop is a really good website where they collate a lot of redesigns that people do for all kinds of superheroes and for superhero teams. It's kind of hard to search these days because um, their search and tagging system is not up to par, so to speak, but they still have a good repository of stuff from, you know, up to like several years ago. But there's just no good Captain America ones. So like I sympathize with the fact that it can be difficult, but like this ain't it. Anyway, that's 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 my my Captain America feels and my Avengers costume feels. And yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. You're up, Charlie. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Someone would just forget about my turn. (laughs) No. Um, Come on, tell me that there isn't one character that you have to share. (laughs) Come on. You're going to tell me that you have no characters that impact your sense of identity. (laughs) No, I'm not going to tell you that there isn't any. I'm just going to tell you that it's the one everybody thinks it is. (laughs) you already know what it is yeah or who it is in this case oh my god i'm so sorry i just went on project rooftop and searched cyclops and i just found the best fucking cyclops that i've ever seen i'm telling you project rooftop is legit in any case i'm just gonna come out and i'll tell you that yes this is shatterstar and i was just saying the other day that i wish i could be a seven foot tall alien warrior who uses swords because Sometimes that's just how you're feeling, or how I'm feeling. I think that, and I I can't speak for either of you, but I think I think definitely Mikey's gone through it, and I think it's a very queer space to be in. That sometimes finding a character and like finding like like what they mean to you or like how they speak to you, a lot of of that is just finding somebody that feels like you in certain ways, even if you don't know that yet. And, you know, it's always like, you know, people just want to always be like, oh, hey, you find this character, like, because I'm like, obviously, like, I percent female. And a lot of times people are just like, oh, women in fandom, they just like the hot guy characters and that's what they like to to do and that's not true maybe in some cases it is but um you know i don't is like negating a lot of experience very much so and i think that it's not so much like it's not that i find shatterstar attractive which i think a lot of people might think and i do i think he's very attractive but it's not as much as like that like that is what i want to be it's like there's so much buried inside like do i want to be that or do i want to like have sex with that <laughs> oh yes the classic <laughs> yep that's a very classic that's very, such very a classic, classic experience you know and you struggle with that for a really long time and trying to figure out like what that is and like how to quantify that and like what and that sometimes means it's just both and sometimes it is both um but for me, I think it took me a really long time, and I don't want to get like super heavy here, but it took me like a really long time to like finally admit that I was queer, um, at least to myself. And I think that 
like star in the sense of like somebody also like journeying to find like who they are and like who they want to be affected me like a lot and i'm trying i like i'm i tap into my emotions a lot when i speak so i'm trying not to do that here because i don't want to just like start having a, a meltdown um but i think that so much of it is that and then the other part of it and i think the real the really big reason why i really like rick and start together is it's like I'm not going to be able to stop myself. It's it's okay. Knowing it's like knowing that like no matter who you are or like what you are, like there's always somebody who's going to just love you for that. Mhm. And that's like to me that's like a really a really powerful sentiment. God, why am I doing this? Why can't I ever talk about these things? <laughs> Normally, I mean, it's your gealing. We're cutting to the gealing. <laughs> Please don't let me blink that the episode title. One time, I will ha- sit down and have a conversation with someone about this who's important, who's like really important, and I'm gonna need to not like have a breakdown <laughs> about it. Not that you guys aren't important, because I love you, but like someone's gonna like need to interview me, and I'm gonna be like, sorry, I have to cry for 20 minutes. But I think. That's really, like, that specifically is, like, kind of just, like, rooted centrally inside of me. And, you know, like, who doesn't want to be, like, the best version of themselves or what they think is the best version of themselves? And it's not just, like, a, like, a, hey, this is a ship I really like and I like these two characters together. It's, like, a... It's more than that to me, which maybe is a little dangerous to get into sometimes, like, especially in the beard, bad weird, I almost said beard, <laughs> two words together, um, the bad, yeah, weird, bad weird, yeah, the bad weird fabric of, like, comics and canon and, like, what, what that does to the characters that you love, especially in the context of, like, relationships and stuff like that, um, but like I know how to I like I can pull those things apart. Um but I don't know, Star is like super important to my like journey as a queer person. And I'm not somebody who like identifies the characters that I really, really, really like as like the thing that I am. That's just not something that I do. Um because I think it's valuable to know that like a character can be whoever anybody needs them to be. But, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. And, like, I wrestle with also the fact that, like, Star does in a large way feel like he's mine because he doesn't have, he doesn't have a lot of, um, like, he's in comics, but, like, he's not Cyclops. Like, I'm, I'm not, like, coming here to dunk on you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or anything um no, but he's you're, not you're correct um he's not ubiquitous so like sometimes i'm just like man wouldn't it be great if like st- like everybody loves sars as much as i do and then i'm like i don't think that's possible so maybe not 
<laughs> like, I literally don't think that's possible. We would be all um, very weepy people, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps perhaps you all would be. Um, I don't know. Those things are just tied super close into, like, my emotions. But, like, I'm also just a super emotional person. Um, like, everybody who listens to the podcast know that I can't, like, speak about this without, like, trying to, like, throw up my soul. Um, I also, though, like, I feel like that's such a... Not to be whatever, but I feel like that's such a Shatterstarry trait. Like, to be unable to, like, not be so deeply moved by a piece of media. Yeah. 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 It's like I've attached myself, like, to it in a way that it, it's, it's just a whole lot. Like, and that's, like, kind of the only way I can describe it it's just a whole lot i saw somebody today who was just like oh yeah i love this thing like two months ago but i'm totally into something else now and i'm like what is that like (laughs) how do you do that like i mean what (laughs) to be fair like sometimes there are things like i i get really deeply into things but then sometimes like a new thing will come along and like that is that will take over (laughs) um but yeah like stuff like that is what like i am the last person to cape for disney and this is not talking about like cultural critics at all um but it really bugs me when people say the following about the mcu as a means of dunking on other people oh it doesn't really mean anything the movies aren't really about anything they're just made to make you feel happy because like to me it's really important like they're about family and like found family like not to the degree of the x-men say but like it's really important to me or like nice to have yeah but the mcu does a better job of illustrating found family than the x-men movies ever have done which is also saying something because the movies don't do that very well either exactly and the thing is like Yes, they're written in a formula, and yes, they're, you know, mass-produced and that, but it's really nice to have a piece of media where, for the most part, not always, Infinity War, I'm looking at you, you, but uh, to have media where it's, like, people are a family and they'll work together and, like, they have their differences, but at the end of the day, they always come back together, like yeah that, well i'm like I that don't, is really important i don't get the critique of like oh well they're just designed to make you happy they don't have any like they're not about anything when like they're about family because family makes you happy yeah, yeah like, like that's uh, like the found family narrative like people, is literally like one of the like guaranteed like will make someone feel happy narratives yeah and and again this isn't coming from cultural critics but people that use stuff to like and like oh normally you could pick apart a movie's themes but these have no themes and therefore like no one like the theme is just the good guys win which i think is also a really like i think people that do just say that even as cultural critics like that's a really reductive yeah thing to say and a reductive argument but it's some one that i've seen a lot no but it's such a dumbass thing to say i saw someone today it was a screenshot of a tweet but the tweet was like because hulu has just announced the this new series and so shitty internet is a buzz about how oh it's a mixed race family blah 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 and the this one like 
asshole on Twitter was like, everything has to be about a narrative these days. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Sure. Do you have to be narratives in your stories? Yeah. I, for one, only ingest and observe premium grade A narrative list storytelling. Yeah. Cool. Have fun being a talking heads fan and nothing else. That there, I I saw someone get so thoroughly owned. Um, there was this uh thread about um sci-fi and anti-colonial sci-fi, and someone's like, a robot floats. Like their answer for how you could do this was a robot floats around along a featureless planet, and eventually their battery dies because they can't get solar energy in the end and someone's like okay but what does featureless mean to you like that's a very like also that's the fucking plot of wally (laughs) (laughs) like down to the solar energy bullshit (laughs) congratulations you just wrote wally 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 we actually got our Roomba Wally. and named him Mo after the cleaning robot from Wally. I love Wally. It also made me cry. I never finished Wally, but someday I would like to. Um, I I think I know enough about Wally though, but just, yeah, just from fair. osmosis. Fair. Um, but yeah, it was like like not even, not even that. Like there's presumptions written into everything because it's like what is featureless and then they're like a flat plane with no discernible features and it's like not to like nitpick but the thing that you're talking about does not exist because you're describing things in a very what you would term objective but not everyone thinks about land that way not everyone thinks about like like features of land that way like sometimes it's not the visual it's like what's inside the land itself anyway I'm, you know, not the person to go on and on about this, but everyone can have different things that are important to them about stories. But the point is, yeah, that there's always something that matters in what the content and viewpoint of your story is. Like, you can't, there's no neutral objective viewpoint from which to write a story that just doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, I mean, it goes along with all the bullshit about... Stories that people say now, and I mean, it's it's absolutely not applicable in like any cases. Like, ugh, yeah, it's, it's, just... it's like the objective video game review website that existed for a while. This game has characters. You can interact with the characters using a variety of button presses. The button presses correspond to an action that your character takes. There is a beginning, middle, and end to the, like so on and so forth. That was how they like reviewed. Um, all of these games, and it was very funny. It, mm, I think, it, it's almost like there's a fun fundamental like, not understanding of people who think this deeply about things. It comes from South Park. We can just blame South Park. I mean, we absolutely can. Um, a hundred percent. But like, it's just so obvious when you see. Like, when you kind of pour your soul out into something and, like, somebody just needs to, like, make a comment about it. South Park made not caring about things cool. And, like, making that your identity that you don't care about things and you make fun of people that care about things. Like, that... It wasn't patient zero for that type of, like, 
shitty satire. But it, but was, it was patient definitely... zero for like cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And like you can still see that that kind of cynicism reflected in a lot of online discourse and like it has manifested in this really gross way. And that's where a lot of this like, why do you care so much? Like that attitude is what was parodied so often in in South Park. So I think we can always just blame masculinity. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um it's it's a whole lot as as most things are for Charlie. <laughs> but that's why we love you and that's why we need you here because someone has to like feel deeply about the thing that me and Mikey are like meh. That's <laughs> true. Or, and also just like be like I think Reed and I's instinct is to be like my instinct is to critique something but also try to holistically understand mm -hmm. it. Um and I think like not to say like you don't have a critical bit, but you like come from a different side, and I think that's a really valuable side because that's in online discourse, it's the side that tends to be the most neglected and I feel like it's you keep us grounded, think, like yeah within our our it, chest it, as a podcast and and just it generally in discourse like in in the x men like community, like you being excited about things, I think is a a thing that people could stand to do more of. I don't know, like not to say that people can't have their angry feelings, but I think letting yourself feel joy and being in tune with that joy, I think is really important. Like I made the the Con Marie method joke about comics a while back, <laughs> but I really do feel like there's like we spend a lot of time like at the end of the day, there's no money in comics criticism. It it it's done for the love of the thing, and if you don't you know, at the end of the day if you don't love something and don't enjoy it, like Can I pull a serious read about that? though yes um yes <laughs> i actually think that a lot of the problems within comics criticism is criticism tm like as in the people who write reviews and pieces and like build platforms around like talking about comics is that they they love the thing too much and then therefore they can't actually stand it when someone says like okay but maybe this was handled really poorly in regards to this and this and this and then like the issue being that actual critique and actual criticism and actual journalism is seen as someone not loving comics and being anti-comics when, like, really the way that the critic and artist is the way that they're supposed to exist is in tandem to each other. And, like, instead people use comics criticism as, like, a... A lot of people use comics criticism as a way to get into comics, which is super valid and, like, fine, except for the part where then that means that there are no comic critics who are just here to be critics. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's... It's a slip... It, it's a slippery situation. You know what? Charlie has the healthy boundaries. Charlie has healthy boundaries within, like, I love this thing. I... Here's how I talk about this thing. Yeah, I mean... 
I do. I do really try. Like I, I really do. And I, I've talked several times to you guys and other people about how. And I, I absolutely agree. I think you're 100 percent correct. Like once somebody figured out you could use the comics like journalism and like criticism method to break into comics, like those walls fall fell down. Um, if they were ever standing in the first place. But I think so often that, at least for me, is that when people talk, it's always the angriest voice that gets heard. And that is essential for a lot of different things. But also, it it's like, unless you can speak, like, intellectually about something, or, like, you have a... But this also, like, your thoughts aren't taken as seriously. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I want to go and speak about something that I really love, yes, I'm pouring those thoughts out onto the internet at proper. But because they're not filled with, like, biting criticism of a thing mm -hmm. that may even have a point, it gets glossed over. So I can talk all day long about how much I love something, and there are people that, like, have obviously latched onto that and, like, are really receptive to, like, my attitude about stuff. But it always feels like it's never enough because it's always going to get slogged down by, you know, the person who wants to yell the loudest. Well, and this is not just to stroke your ego or anything, because even though I love you, like, that's not me. Um like the other side of the coin is too that in comics journalism a lot of the celebratory stuff that happens is people not wanting to critique a thing because that means they'll lose access or lose those connections so they like softball stuff and just there may or may not be a genuine love there but they definitely feel like they have to talk the thing up Whereas like like and and there's there's no genuine passion in a lot of this. It's just like, okay, this new thing is out, like it's really awesome. And and there's not really any deeper like personal essay or like it's just like it might as well be a press release. And this is not even dunking on any one person or outlet. And I know that it's really hard because a lot of people don't get paid. And so it's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to write this as a way of getting my foot in the door. But it's like, because of all of these things, you don't, there's no one to write the, like, hard, both the hard-hitting exposés, but also, like, the long personal op-eds about why a thing is important and why it matters to you, which are both very valuable and because there's no there's no reason other than if you have a, like a strong personal desire like you just don't see those things you know what i mean yeah well and even just like you know people aren't i feel like i feel like people aren't always super honest in 
in reviews because of the exact reason that you're saying, like, they don't want to come off as, like, too negative and burn a bridge, but it's also, like, you can say a comic was bad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm reading a review so that I know if I want to pick up this comic. Like, that's the point of a review. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. have to be, like, a deep personal op-ed. It just has to be, like, this had things that were good. This had things that were bad. This one had some of both. This one was all bad. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and in a lot of ways, like, obviously the money situation is different, but in a lot of ways, like, comics, journalism, and criticism as it is, like, echoes a lot of where video games was at in the late 90s, where there's a lot of regurgitated press releases and a lot of just very general like yeah this book is pretty great and you should pick it up okay (laughs) like and there's definitely people out there doing the work right yeah like this is uh, speaking very generally so i'm not even gonna name names of like this is who's good this is who's bad because it's not about that it's just more about like uh, you know where we're at and uh, you know that's why when Charlie gets to write an article about, like, why Shatterstar matters to them, that's a good voice to have. And I, me speaking personally, I wish there was a space to, to have more of that out there is all, I guess. Well, I wish that there was more, like, personality in within reviews, because, like, that's the thing that I think people don't get is, like, yeah, not everyone's tastes match. So you find reviewers that you match your taste and if they like it then that means that you'll probably like it it doesn't have to like the reviewer does not speak for everyone writ large yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's no editorial voice like because even some of the best that have come like come and gone that i'll occasionally be like man i wish this site was still around even they were just kind of like enthusiast press that had very bland this is a good batman book batman does the things four out of five stars Okay. <laughs> Great. Love See, a Batman doing love, things. Love a Batman doing the stuff. Doing that stuff that Batman does. Like, uh, when he you fights someone, crime like, and also broods and yeah, sometimes we, has emotions about his family and his life. And is always the, rich. The, <laughs> the end. Um, the, like, the reason, so one of the reasons why that, um, Hire that. us to write your Batman stories. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons we are the Batman now. A, yeah, I bet Reed could write a really good Batman story. Make um, Batman trans, you cowards. <clears throat> also, that. my Batman story would literally just be like the people of Gotham, like beheading Bruce Wayne. Whew. Let's. That's a hard stance on Batman, Reed. Let's guillotine Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Um, in any case, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone who loves Batman. It's not, um, it's not even that I don't like Batman. I just like wish that there were more comics that engaged with Batman's wealth in a way that like made sense to me as an anarcho-communist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reed, I love you. Um. In any case, did you miss us? <laughs> I mean, there's I mean, Watchmen, but even Watchmen doesn't really fuck Watchmen. get there. 
<laughs> Reed's coming up with the hot fire takes today. I'm sorry. I think it's okay. Everybody, everybody loves different things. This is the this is the ch- soothing Charlie energy that I'm putting on top of my <laughs> I'm not even like a Watchmen stan. I just it it does some things to deconstruct certain superhero characters, but doesn't go enough ways see i think the problem with watchmen is that like it it does deconstruct certain superheroes but then now what like 30 years later it's not deconstructing anything it created new typecasts yeah i'm actually really interested in what the new watchmen series is gonna do only because it could go some ways and it's on hbo i think it's gonna go some bad yeah yeah it's on hbo but it's by one of the people that did lost so, so everybody's that does gonna be not limbo. send me up in confidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's not supposed to. So they were in limbo the whole time. I don't know. They were dead the whole time? I don't know. Speaking of limbo, I have a good note for us to end on. Okay. Yeah? Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz are doing a new New Mutants. They are. They yeah. are. It's true. You're not wrong. That is happening. Also, Elsa Bloodstone is in um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on Switch. Who? Oh. What? Who, are, are you the one of us that doesn't like Next Wave? I can never remember who does and does not like. I have not ever read Next Wave. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Next, Next Wave fan, but it's only because I don't like what they did to Miss Tabitha Smith. That's valid. Who will always be Boomer to me. I am sorry if that offends anybody. Whatever. I mean, they just did a Kieran Gillen to Tabitha for you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to anyone that, um, I don't even dislike Kieran Gillen. I just don't, I like him writing his original characters. And That's, not yeah, like that one's characters. good. Yeah, go do that some more. I like Kieran Gillen. I don't like how ubiquitous Kieran Gillen is. It's still weird to me because I remember Kieran Gillen being like someone that occasionally posted phonogram pages on LiveJournal and then wrote for <laughs> Rock Paper Shotgun. Like that was that was how I got to know Kieran Gillen, and then he became like superstar comic writer all of a sudden. But I like hear you, Wicked like and Divine is good. Maybe someday I'll read that. Oh, the uh, Die Die RPG actually seems really cool, but. New New Mutant Story by Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I and Kitty's in it, today. so there's going to be subtext. Yes. In any case, everybody, thank you so much for sharing your things. I'm sorry I cried all over them. I'm sorry I turned it into another episode about how comics journalism is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, we all know it is. Yeah. I mean, that's not anything new. Comic journalism? What journalism? Question mark. I don't I don't want to go that far cuz no. like there are p- people out there that are trying I mean, I work I work for a comics journalism outlet. Yeah. I'm just I'm just talking about uh CBR and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Which is like a clickbait site now. That's also how I feel about multiverse multiversity, but whatever. I mean, it's very sad though because CBR used to at least be something yeah like it's really weird to see like something get hollowed out from the inside and then it's like walking around like weekend and bernie style like on the (laughs) on the internet um anyway 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 thank you for sharing i love both of you it's good 
I've missed podcasting with you all. Thank you to our whoever has made it to this point in the episode um, <laughs> for sticking it out with us while we get our sea legs back. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. For, thanks for coming back. Um, I promise we'll be back um, shortly with new regular episodes once I figure out what regular episodes look like again. Um, and I'm not disease riddled. And Reed's not moving across the country. And Mikey and, isn't helping folks move. And Yeah, you know. and uh, just living our lives over here. Yeah, it's been busy. Until that point, you can follow us on Young Ones Cast on Twitter. Um, we'll get our shit together and you can follow us there and then figure out what's going on. Um, in the meantime, even if you haven't listened and they're going to start listening again. But no, there's been a lack of episodes. If you would be so kind to just let somebody else know or and or uh, give us a nice review and or a five star rating on iTunes. That's a very nice thing. To five do. star podcast, five star runtime. Five star, five star, five star. Um, so it's good. You should do that. It'd be very nice of you. Um, if you'd like to find me and what I'm screaming about this week, which. Could maybe be nothing. Um, but that's highly unlikely. You can follow me at Genetic Ghost um, on Twitter. And that's kind of where I live. Um, how about either one of you, whoever wants to go first? Read. I know Fuck. I meant read. Uh, you can find me on the internet at die on Twitter.com. Um, I'm not there a lot. I guess mostly you'll find probably me talking about climbing and moving. Um, climbing what? Climbing mountains. That's what I'm doing now. It's very important. I've abandoned comics for mountains. You've moved mountains? No. <laughs> no, I just gave no. up trying to climb comics mountain. Richter moves mountains. Yep. Yes. Yep. And, you know, there's some classic advice for you. Don't glitter your cat. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Mikey, what are, what, what are you hanging out these days? You can find me on Twitter sometimes. Not as much. I'm trying to been tweet less on Twitter at quantum dot dot. Uh, you can also find all my work at quantum dot dot space. I released a whole ass TTRPG. Yeah, you um, did. Sure did. I did. Um, it is called Redacted. It is about. Uh, it's a single player RPG where you use um, dice to help you write journals, write a story about an agent on a mission, like a spy thriller. I totally didn't write it as a way of doing uh, Ileana Rasputin against the hordes of hell story, but also being a secret agent. It, you can do a lot of stuff with it. You can do John Wick. You can do Atomic Blonde. You can do Ileana Rasputin. I want to play it as Bucky Barnes. That's what I'm going to do when I have time. Also that. It is totally... The only thing that is true is you are an agent on a mission that cares about a thing. Um, and a few other things. But it is not set in any specific genre. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you can find that on my itch.io. Quantumdots.itch.io slash redacted. Um, I'm I'm super proud of it. I worked real hard on the layout, and yeah, so it's the my my sweet baby child that I let into the world. Yeah, that's me. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And everybody should go check that out. Um, 
and pay money for it, please. Yeah, pay money for it and ask for other things. Um, I do and will be writing some cool stuff um, for the comics beat coming up here pretty shortly. Uh, Reed wrote a rad uh, article about Harry Potter shoes <laughs> that you should probably go read. Um, if you too so... want Joanne Rowling to shut up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> Um, yeah, go check it out. It's, it's got some good stuff. Um, other than that, we'll be back shortly with some, um, continuing content from this crazy book we call Wolverine and the X-Men. Until then, there's no intro or outro. Don't glitter your cat. Don't yeah, glitter, glitter your, your cat. cat. That's very classic we advice. set our outro early. Yeah, okay. I'm tired. Um... All right. You know what's a good outro? A good outro is just the silence of logging off and not tweeting. Taking a nice, well-deserved nap. Yep. Yeah. Don't don't do a tweet. Don't do a tweet. Don't do a tweet. <laughs> Bye everyone. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs> I do this every time. Every time. <laughs> Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Buddy, yeah. I think that's yeah. where the cold open. <laughs> I think that's where we... That's like a J-style. <laughs> yeah, that is. You're right. <laughs> we didn't even set that one up. That was genuine. No. That was genuine bafflement. Um, I'm so confused right now. So, okay. So, so... Kingdom Hearts is a game made by Square Enix, who also makes the Final Fantasy games. And also are a Disney property? No. In collaboration with Disney. Disney. Yeah. I don't... I... Okay, it's a little confusing, Reed, I'm not gonna lie, but... A little? Okay, okay, I can make it less confusing. You want me to help you make it less confusing? Okay. Okay, so Kingdom Hearts... Kingdom Hearts is a multiverse product where characters from different properties kind of like their words collide. It's like Battle Worlds in in Secret Wars, if you know about that. It's like anyone from any Square Enix or Disney property can show up. That's part of the thing is people just showing up. Okay. Like, oh, Mickey Mouse is here. What? He's the king? Okay. What I was trying to say before we got into this whole debacle is that the last time Sephiroth was voiced by someone, that someone was Lance Bass of the Backstreet Boys. Oh, man. Yeah, there's some, there's some voice actors that are choices in the Kingdom Hearts games. Also, I want to let you know that in Kingdom Hearts, Mandy Moore voices um, Eris. Yeah, and um, David Duchovny voices one of the Final Fantasy characters. Oh, boy. The truth is out there. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's really good. And in any case, it's very confusing, Reed, and I don't think it'll ever stop being confusing for you, and I'm sorry. Mulder has the most trans man energy of any character, maybe 
like ever on TV. Yeah, agreed. You know, Scully, you're not gonna believe this. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Reed. That's good. <laughs>